What's up, committed footballers? We are back and ready to give y'all a bonus episode. This episode will be focused all on trades. Trading is our favorite thing to do in Dynasty, and it's a crucial part of holding up a trophy in December. We are going to discuss the process of making a trade, how we like to make them, and how we approach managers in our leagues. Then we're going to jump into an extended fair fleece with a bunch of trades to analyze. So let's just get right into it. Um, so Philly, let's say you have a player you're trying to move off of, or even a player that you are looking to acquire. Walk us through your approach and how you might try to get that deal done. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, like you said, trades are like probably one of the most influential, like most important parts of Dynasty, uh, just because like, I mean, honestly, like to build your team, you have to make the trades. Uh, so so trading is is very important. I love trading. We all love trading. We talk trades all the time. And there's a reason why our favorite segment is Fair Fleece. So what I like to do, it, it honestly like, sometimes it, it just like the feeling of needing to make a trade just overwhelms me. And oftentimes it's because there's a certain player on my team that just pops up that I'm like, hmm, I wonder what I could get for him or hmm, I need to get him off my team. Um, and so that happens like rare, like there's obviously sometimes where I'm like, okay, I really want to get this specific player. But most of the time it, it comes to me when I'm just looking at my team and I'm, I'm trying to see, okay, where, where's my team going? What, what is my team ceiling? You know, and you have to really be honest about yourself and your team and, and just seeing, man, is this, is this team really a contender? Is this team somebody that can make noise if they get into the playoffs? You know, if, if a couple of things break the right way, could it make it? Or, is, or am I just middling? And do I need to kind of take a step back and kind of just see where I'm at? So I just look at my team, I analyze as much as possible, and then I identify a player that I feel is a weakness, but is like someone that I can definitely trade and get something for. Obviously, he's not you know, you everyone has those those flyers that you have on your bench that really won't really amount to anything. And honestly, you can probably cut them at any point, but you just don't for whatever reason. So I identify that and then I just kind of look and see, okay, what do I think this player's worth? What do I think I can get from it? And then I try to reach out to to first managers that I know I can work with, managers that have worked with me in the past. You know, there's obviously, I think everyone can relate. There's somebody in your league. Maybe it's one or two people that are just like, yeah, this guy isn't isn't checking sleeper or whatever app you're on until the draft, whenever that is, right? Other than that, they're not on the app regularly. So I try to identify who's the managers that I can work with right now in this moment. I don't want to wait, you know, when I have the itch to make a trade. So then I try to just be honest and, and be upfront. And I think I can get a tad too aggressive sometimes, but I, I try to make a trade, you know, as, as quickly as I can, just cause I want to make the trade. I want, you know, who doesn't want to make the trade? So I try to go after it and, and just be honest and, and see what their thoughts are. And if I know that like, Hey, they're not feeling this trade, then I'm just going to move off of it. And I'm going to go to somebody else if I can. Um, so that's just kind of how, how I feel, uh, about it yeah that's good stuff i think it's really important and sometimes i think it might be understated how important it is to know your league mates mm. and to know who's responsive you know some guys are on the app regularly but they're just not really into trading they like the guys they have 
players that they believe in the players they have, and they're not really interested in moving them. And that's okay. You know, it's everyone's got their thing, but it's important to also evaluate their team needs. If someone has three or four top 15 dynasty wide receivers, they probably have a weak spot somewhere else. And so mm. you might not want to try to, you might not be able to allure them with another receiver who's in that same range or a little bit behind them because they simply don't need that extra receiver. But it's also, I would say, even more important to know the vision that you have for your team and to know the direction that you want to take. Know that if you want, if you make this trade, does this make you more of a retooling team, a rebuilding team? Is this signifying you going all in? Is this a win now trade for you? So just to know this trade goes through, what does this mean for my team? And am I willing to go down that path? I think at the end of the day, it's the most important thing to go into the trade, trying to benefit both sides or all sides in a multi-team trade. We love three-team trades here on this (laughs) podcast. So I think it's really important to go into it, not trying to fleece anyone intentionally. Now, if you wake up with an offer from someone else that may be considered a fleece, you have a responsibility to to better your team. <laughs> but it's it's just bad practice to try to fleece someone for the heck of it. That's not really our thing. Um, and at the end of the day, as, for me personally, I like trade calculators to get some sort of a baseline. But I think it's really important that we don't view them as the end-all, be-all, and we don't let the trade calculators make the decision for us. Yeah, I totally agree with what y'all have to say. And I, I think the biggest part for me, when I'm looking at my team, when I look at my roster and the other compared to the other rosters in the league, I'm trying to identify a direction. Is this team a team that realistically can win? Or is this right. team you know, in the middle, kind of what y'all were talking about and what y'all touched on. So I think that's one of the most important parts is figure out what your direction is. Because if your direction is, um, I think I could win, but I'm not really sure. Um, you know, that's that's really a bad place to be. That's when you want to sell your older guys, get younger, get the picks. And then ob- obviously if you or look at your team and you're like, okay, I can't win. There's no way. Like, I just, I don't stack well up against the other teams. Yeah, definitely sell your older players, get the picks, get the younger guys, get the upside guys. Now you can, you can sell too low. That's, that's one of the worst things you can do and something yeah. I've done before and it sucks. So make sure you're not doing that. But really the middle is the worst place to be in Dynasty because you're not winning and you're not getting the elite picks. That's just not a fun place to be. I've had a ro- I've had rosters where, you know, things have just fell flat, um, and then I have these players on my team that they're good, but they don't really stack up well with the other teams, and then I have like one oh eight or one oh nine, and I'm not getting that elite talent back in the draft, which is a huge problem because the elite players are what's going to really better your team. So, just a few things that I would rather do, like I personally would rather text someone than talk on the platform. It's just a little easier. Mm-hmm. I think the communication just flows a little better. Um, yeah. And then, you know, they're talking about knowing your league mates. That is such an important thing. If you know someone is really high in a player or, you know, I'm a Broncos fan. Uh, they're Saints <laughs> fans. We have other fans in our leagues. Hey, maybe you, maybe you float a guy. Uh, if he's a fan of a, a team, float, float one of their players out there. I mean, you never know what could happen. 
And then try to ask that owner what they want and be clear. And then another thing that I think is something I really like to do is I like to use trade calculators to my advantage. So if I notice that someone is really living and dying by the trade calculator, I will just run through things, run everything through a calculator and send it back to them if it's a trade that I really like. And it's like, well, I mean, the trade calculator, the one that you kind of live and die by, Mm-hmm. says that this is this is in favor for you. So, I mean, this is kind of in your court. And that's actually worked a few times because, you know, some people like trade calculators. I'm not saying they're good or bad. I think that they can really skew your vision. That's just, that's just my opinion. But yeah, so let me ask y'all a quick question. So let's just say yeah. you really want a player on another team and he, this offer, this guy's not working with you and he just won't, what do you do? There's nothing wrong with offering and continuing to offer because eventually they might say, well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to roll with this or, Oh, I actually like this trade for my team. Yeah. I think, you know, it depends on who the manager is. Cause if it's a guy who, you know, is like, Hey man, like, like you, maybe you've tried to work with him in the past and he's just like, anytime you've like really tried to talk about the trade, he's just like, no, I'm out of there reject and he doesn't answer you back right but then there's some guys who you need to just kind of talk you just need to talk it out more and more even if they're not necessarily you know i guess meeting your demands would be you know the the term to use i guess here but even if they're not doing that you just need to talk with certain guys so it it really does depend on the the person uh the manager in your league so right now currently i have uh i actually just rescinded one of the offers but I have an offer uh, to a guy in our league who he and I have made trades before, but he has told me, hey, I'm not going to make any trades until after the rookie draft. Like, I'm just, I'm waiting it out. We've talked about it. We've talked about this trade or these trades for, on at this point, like three weeks now. And he's just like, finally, he said, I'm not going to make any trades until after the rookie draft. And he's one of the guys, those guys where I don't want to be aggressive with. I want to just, hey, I want to float it out every now and then. Hey, do you, what do you think of the trade? Hey, we haven't talked about the trade in a little bit. What do you think? But I don't want to be overly aggressive with it. So this trade may never get done, but I do want to at least have the relationship there where it's not going to be awkward in the in the future when I try to make a trade with him. Because you can burn your your league mates out. Um, and that's something to, to remember and be mindful of whenever you're, you know, if you're not getting your way, it's really easy to get frustrated. Like, Oh, well, you're this or that you can't make this trade. You, why wouldn't you make this trade that you're stupid for not making this trade? Maybe you're not using that type of language with them, but you know, you might insinuate that and you can really burn your league mates out on that. So you just need to be careful, uh, when you do that. I have a quick question for y'all. Do you, text or message the manager about a trade or do you send the trade off and then message? So I'm going to answer Colby's real quick. I'm remembering an instance in our CFG league where a bottom four team and not, he wasn't bottom four because of injuries that the roster just wasn't talented. He had Tom Brady and he refused to move Tom Brady. Yeah. And so it was just kind of baffling. And at that point, we just had to leave it alone. He left the league after that season, which I don't know if he knew at the time or not if he was going to. But, 
he he ended up getting I mean little to nothing for Brady. I don't think he moved him in his time. I think the next manager did. He did. It, it was just one of those things that we just had to text each other about and just be like, man, this is so frustrating that he's unwilling to move Brady on a very obvious rebuild team. But I almost always, unless I am like totally sold on the offer, I almost always send a screenshot just to talk it through with that person. Say, hey, would you be willing to move this player for what I'm what I'm showing you right here? I typically always will send a trade and then text them and be like, hey, I just sent you a trade. Let me know what you think yep. or something like that. Or sometimes lately I've been doing this thing where I'll heart a player and then I'll text and I'll text the guy and be like, Hey, I just, I'm interested in this guy. It doesn't always work, but it's, I think it's just kind of a new way um, to get a guy's attention and be like, Oh, okay. Like maybe he's interested in him. And so, cause on sleeper, you can heart him and be like, you're interested yeah. almost like you're swiping left on Bumble or something. But, uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> but, uh, it's just Colby's, Colby's been swiping left on Greg Dulcich the last couple the last last couple of days on my in my text. I've been getting some texts about Greg Dulcich from Colby. I, I, I just I want Greg Dulcich. Like that's who I want. I, I just got him on the team right now. I wish you I'm could Broncos do the, I wish you could do the inverse of it and be like, I don't want this player. Don't ever text me about this guy yeah. ever. That's what Colby's that's our would new be thing. Like, we should make an app. Colby's would be like anybody over the age of 26. Don't text me about. <laughs> I'm the Leonardo DiCaprio of, uh, <laughs> of fantasy <laughs> football. That's really if they're funny. over 25, I don't want them. All right. So now we're going to go ahead and transition into the fan favorite fair or fleece, where we go through different trades that, We've seen in other leagues ourselves, trades that we've made, trades that we've been a part of, uh, trades that have been sent to us, trades that we've seen on Twitter. But uh, we're going to just dive in. So this first trade is a 12-team Superflex. It's a best ball league where we start 11. Side A receives Irv Smith Jr., the new Bengals tight end, Rondell Moore, the 203, and the 310. And side B is receiving Michael Pittman in a 24-fifth. Philly, what do you think about this trade? Well, I don't really think Irv Smith will be much anymore. I just think, you know, it's whatever. Rondell Moore, eh, he just doesn't excite me. I don't think that – I feel like he's – he was really overvalued last year. Like I, I feel like he was really overvalued last year. Now I think he's more properly valued, which to me is like I don't think he's worth very much. And I think people are realizing, oh yeah, he's he doesn't have this this ceiling that maybe we thought he did. Two oh three, it's a it's a decent pick. Three ten, whatever. Uh give me Michael Pittman. I mean, he's really the only one here that is like an elite asset. And obviously like the twenty four fifth is a nothing it's fluff 203 could obviously be a potential starter 310 could be is a flyer for you so in that case like do i want a potential starter or do i want a guy who i know can be a top 20 dynasty wide receiver um so i'm going to take Pittman here it's not it it might be close to a fleece just because but it looks better just because there's more quantity 
I guess, but give me the quality over the quantity here. What do you think, Colby? So I did make this trade, and spoiler <laughs> alert, I got Michael Pittman. Uh, if you listened to the last episode, Michael Pittman was one of the players that I wanted to acquire across my leagues. And yeah, so I mean, this one just really worked out, I think. Um, obviously, I like the Pittman side. I made the trade. And I actually do think it's a fleece. Uh, I don't. I didn't mean for it to be a fleece, but it's just kind of the situation. So the guy I traded with, no disrespect to him, he's a big LSU fan. Um, he's a big so because of that, he follows Joe Burrow, the the Bengals, and um, so we were kind of talking. He was like, "Yeah, I like Irv Smith," and that kind of got my mind racing because I was like, "Okay, I don't think Irv Smith is going to be much of anything if he is." And it is a best ball league, so. I think sometimes in best ball leagues, you can just like throw a bunch of crap together and get a good asset. And honestly, I think that's kind of what I did here. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. It's just more of like a, a process. 203 is a good pick. Yeah. In my no, opinion, solid. especially in, in best ball. Like, so I, I hated losing that pick. But as far as like Irv Smith and Rondell Moore, I mean, I'm really just not going to miss those guys. And 310, no. obviously, is whatever. 24 fifth is whatever. Michael Pittman is the best player in the deal, and I'll gladly take Michael Pittman here. Yeah, so I agree. So in best ball, I typically tend to lean to the side of volume as long as yeah. it's, there's at least some quality in the volume. I do think that Pittman is – a big, a high enough tier above these guys that you sent for it to be for it to be favored in your side here, Colby. I will say though, in this specific league, two hundred three drafted uh, a few years ago brought a player who we'll talk about later in this segment. But uh, the second trade that we're going to discuss is in the same league. Actually, here we go. This is exactly what I was talking about. The same league. A 12-team Superflex best ball starting 11. It's a half PPR. Side A receives KJ Osborne, Terrace Marshall, and Josh Palmer. And side B receives Jahan Dotson. Now, Colby, you just talked about throwing together a bunch of crap to get a good asset. And, uh, Philly, I'll let you start this off since this was a trade between myself and Colby. It's interesting. So KJ Osborne had like an interesting year last year and like, okay, Thielen's gone, but they'll probably go to the draft. Like, let's be real. Like, I don't, I don't know if KJ Osborne is really about to just like break out. Uh, Terrace Marshall, you know, LSU go Tigers. Uh, And then we got Josh Palmer, who again is just another guy who just hasn't really done much. I really liked what I saw from Jahan Dotson last year. Uh, like Joel said, I usually typically side with the quantity in best ball if it's good enough, right? And here, I just don't think it's quite good enough. I think there are some interesting pieces, and it's sort of a if things break right, this could look really good. But truthfully, I prefer the dots inside here. I don't, I don't think it's a fleece. All those players on the other side are interesting, but to me the one player who has a chance to be like elite, um, even though I don't think he will be elite, but the player who I think has the best chance of being like very successful is, is Jahan Dotson for me. So I'm going to take the Dotson side. Colby, what do you think? Tell us about your uh, your mindset going into this trade. 
So I don't think this is a fleece. I just want to start that off and say that. Yeah. Um, I really don't because KJ Osborne, Terrace Marshall, Josh Palmer, they were all on my team. And I think they're good best ball players. They're, these are not good players in lineup. They're just not. You don't want to start them or you don't want to have to start them. But yeah. in best ball, it's like, okay, you know, these guys could score. Josh Palmer could catch a 60-yard touchdown, that type of thing. I mean, like, it, a lot of things can happen. Terrace Marshall is supposed to be elevated this year, the rookie QB. And I just think, you know, if things broke, broke right, they could have been okay. But so in this specific league, I am just like a rebuilding team, and I am kind of on the cusp of being good. So... I have a lot of really good wide receivers. Like I have a few like top guys. And so I wanted to take three players that have the possibility of making my lineup. You know, cause I, I think it's fair to say that KJ Osborne, Marshall and Palmer all could make your lineup. It's just not likely that it's going to happen every week. Yeah. But I think Jahan Dotson has a strong chance to make it most weeks. He won't make it every week because that's not how yeah. it works. And he's not a top 12 guy, but he will make it most weeks. So I kind of zagged why everyone else zigs in best ball is my thought process behind the, this trade. Because all I ever hear about best ball is like, get the volume, get the volume, get the volume. But I decided that I was going to zag here and get the best player. And we'll see if it works out. It might not. It really might not. But I, 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 I decided that I was going to go with Dotson. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. Probably the least exciting trade I've ever been a part of. Simply, uh, really, this one, yeah, it's shocking. <laughs> shocking, I know. We don't want to go into your IDP linebackers <laughs> trade that you did. I just look, I just brought in Jordan Brooks, that's a big deal. <laughs> All right, anyway, go ahead. So, the reason I say that is because Colby was very, how do I put this kindly? <laughs> he was persistent this day. <laughs> I wasn't really, I really, I like Jahan Dotson. I think he's he's a just fine wide receiver. Is very above average. At the end of the day, I just did it. Just made a trade. It's just you know we did it there. But I think if I really look into it, it's it's not the best. But however, I I I don't know if Jahan Dotson, while there is a lot of steam behind him this off season, and I am someone who believes in him. I don't know if he, in this specific league format, is going to elevate so much to the point where he outweighs these three players who are 22, 23, and 25 years old and who have two of them have contributed in a a decent way for their teams already. So I went for it. I don't know if I'll regret it. Maybe I will. Dotson will be like a top 22 receiver this season, and I'll be upset about it because my guys will dud. But it's one of those things. I'm willing to miss Dotson for the sake of getting these guys who, on a weekly basis, all together should significantly outscore Dotson, I guess. I don't know. That's me being optimistic. But I don't think it was a fleece. But yeah, it was one of those trades where it was just it was just uninspiring on my end. I just kind of did it because <laughs> me and Colby talked long enough about it. We talked about it for so long. And it, <laughs> it changed so many times. Like I was sitting in running backs at one point. I just really wanted Dotson and I just I couldn't help it. Cool. So 
now that I've uh, talked myself in and out of that trade four times <laughs> in those few minutes, we're going to move on to a 12-team, yeah. one quarterback, start 10, where side A receives the 103 and side B receives the 104. Isaiah Hodgins and James Robinson. Colby, why don't you go ahead and start us off on this one? All right, so one QB, you're starting 10 players. If you're starting Isaiah Hodgins and if you're starting James Robinson, that's a problem. You're not in a good spot. Give me the 103. It's not a fleece, but I would just take the 103 here just because who you're looking at, you're looking at you know, JSN probably or Gibbs, JSN or Gibbs. Um, and I think that there's a tear break after that. So giving up Hodgins, who obviously he's an interesting player, but I mean, they're probably going to add more guys. They've already added more guys. They'll probably draft a receiver. James Robinson went to New England. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, splitting work with Amandre. Nah, it's just both of those players, like I don't have to have. So it's not really worth moving up or excuse me, moving down one. So give me 103 here. Yeah, I, I completely agree. What Colby just hit, like, this is why you have to know your league, like, in your format. Because you look and you're like, oh, man, I'm only moving down one pick. Uh, but I'm getting these two guys. Like, Isaiah Hodgins, like, he showed some flashes at the end of the year. But the truth is, like, they're they're probably going to replace, uh, they're probably going to get another first-round wide receiver. Or, at worst, a second-round wide receiver. Probably going to be better than Hodgins. They're going to get Wandale back healthy, hopefully. And so, like, his role, like, is he going to be on the field all the time for three-wide receiver sets? So it's like, am I actually starting him week to week, or am I waiting for a wide receiver to go down for him to have value similar to what happened this year? And so, yeah, I I completely agree about the deer break. If you look at all these mock drafts and stuff, man, 104, like, the, the, the separation from... Bijan, Gibbs, and JSN, who are the likely first three picks onward, are just like, it's, after that, you don't really, you're not excited about anyone unless you just have fallen in love with the player. So to me, I really do, I really do want the the 103 here, and you're just giving up flyers for for that. Uh, And that's not worth it to me. So I'm going to go with the 103 as well. Yeah. In a, in a one quarterback, every time you move down a pick, you are risking losing a lot of value. And so I think this draft and this spot in the draft specifically, uh, you're going to, you will probably see that play out pretty heavily. But we will move on to. I just want to say real quick, even in Superflex, I wouldn't do this. Yeah, I agree. Like there's just the value, even in, even in a Superflex, is just not worth it. Just not. I would consider it in a super flex because you're still getting a quarterback. But you're not getting, I mean, these players are just not, if you're starting these players, you're in a lot of trouble. That's just bad. Well, you, no one's saying you have to start those guys, but I think Hodgins could be a bi-week play. I think the reality is if you value, if you value these three, if you value these three quarterbacks, relatively equally then that those guys are just anything that happens good with those guys is just extra of course it all depends on what happens with those quarterbacks but i don't think i think it's a a lot closer to being 
you know, quote unquote, in favor of the package side in a super flex, simply because you're guaranteed a quarterback. And if somehow you don't get a quarterback, you get Bijan at 104. I need to hear from you. I need to be in this league. So we're going to move on to the next one. Uh, this is actually in the same league. It's a 12-team, one quarterback where you start 10. This is a big one. So keep your ears open, boys. Side A receives Keenan Allen, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, TJ Hawkinson, and the 104. And side B receives the 101, the 106, the 108, and the 109. Philly, where where are you going with this one? Please. Please. Come on. We just talked about this, okay? 101. That's Bijan. Okay. Bijan, great player. For sure, great player. Okay. In Dynasty, he's great. 106, 108, and 109. We just talked about how you basically have a massive tier break after the 103. Okay. Again, unless you're just super excited. So you're looking at maybe Michael Mayer. You're looking at Josh Downs, maybe Zay Flowers. So just a lot of like, okay, they're fine players, like, and they could be something. But then you're looking at Keenan Allen. You're looking at Derrick Henry. Both are, are very good players when they're on the field. You're looking at TJ Hawkinson, who we all had as a top five dynasty tight end. And then top Leonard three, Fournette. Yeah, we all had him as top three. And then Leonard Fournette, who he's not signed, but I think he showed last year he's still got some legs under him. For how long? We don't know. And then 104 is, I mean, again, it's past the tier break, but you can do stuff with that. You know, that's still something. Uh, that's kind of a fluid pick for you uh, to where you could flip that if you wanted to into another player potentially. So give me the players here. I usually am in favor of the picks, but to me, like I have like, I kind of said this saying the, uh, the other day, but like uh, a one QB league is like the wide receivers are king and the picks don't matter. Like <laughs> they really don't matter as much uh, in this type of league just because most of like, it depends on on how deep the draft is with actual uh, skill position players. And this draft is is pretty deep at quarterback, and it's kind of shallow once you get past the top one or two in some cases uh, with the skill positions. What do you think, Colby? So I struggle with this one because, oh. you know, I, I do take the players, but it just sucks to lose Bijan. It does. Because if you put it in a vacuum... Bijan is the most valuable asset in this deal. And I think... Probably. Yeah, I think that it's just kind of... It's tough, but then... So you have the most valuable asset, and then you have a huge tier break on his side. You know, the 106, 108, and 109. You touched on it. I mean, these players are... You know, players we're excited about. I think we're excited about Zay Flowers. I think we're excited about Josh Downs and Mayer. And, you know, but at the same time, like, they're not going to be near what Keenan Allen, you know, TJ Hawkinson, who he's like 25. I mean, this guy's a legit player. Derrick Henry, he's old, but still like he's going to smash when he's on the field. Keenan Allen's kind of the same way, like you said. Um, Leonard Fournette's kind of whatever. And then 104. So it's like, I'd rather have the 104 than the 108 and the 109, I think. Yeah, so it's I agree. just kind of like that. This, this is where it's tough. What I would have done is I would have kept Bijan if I was at the top, but if I really wanted all these players, 
I would have just tried to trade all those picks for Hawkinson and like out and Henry, probably like Hawkinson and Henry left out Leonard Fournette, left out Keenan Allen, and kept Bijan, just because. And I don't know how what the what the owner was thinking. Like it could have been like, hey, I, I'm not even these players unless I get Bijan. But I just think it kind of sucks to lose to lose out on that talent when you have him. But yeah, I, I am going to take the players. I think another thing, and I think we've touched on this on a previous episode. There is like a there's a there's a false sense of where you get in love with how much you're getting back. But in reality, you know, understanding your format, understanding your league, you're not getting as much back for these players as you could have hoped. This is a scenario where you need to be using your Keenan Allens, your Derrick Henrys. I don't know why you would get rid of Hawkinson at this point, and your Fournettes to to sort of tear down to a younger player, like like Colby talks about a lot. You know, kind of flipping the clock with those types of players. You know, that's what would have been way better for this owner if he was thinking out instead he kind of got pick happy which coming towards the draft is very easy to do i mean do you do y'all not agree of course i think that you i think that what he should have done if he wants to offload these older players is try to flip the clock if he can you know obviously it sucks to have a, a guy retire on your roster i totally get it but just because you're getting he he I think he's he thought, oh, I'm getting way more value back than he actually is. Yeah, I think those are great points that you guys bring up. I will I will play devil's advocate mm. though and say in three years, I, I I feel confident saying two or three of the guys on the player side could be out of the league because Fournette's 28, Derrick Henry's 29, Keenan Allen's 30. I think there's a reality where in three years, the players on the pick side of the trade are developing and you're left. I mean, obviously, it's very clear the directions of these two teams. One is going in all they're going all in for the championship and one is just trying to collect some picks and pass that 106. You're just hoping the players work out. I think there's a reality where in a few years you look back and you're like, well, I made this trade. I hope it was, you just have to hope it was worth it at the end of the day. That's kind of what I'm getting at is because if it's not worth it in three years, you could be down two or three guys and the other, the other manager could still have an elite asset in Bijan and could potentially hit on one of those three draft picks. Yeah, this trade could go either way. Losing Bijan just sucks. Like I, I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, it's just kind I agree of, with that. It's just one of those things that if I had the opportunity to have Bijan, I would probably just keep it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I think you bring up really good points, Joel. I, I really do. Like, obviously, this needs to. This can't just result in a title appearance. You know, this kind of needs to you be win. Yeah, you really do need to win. So that that's a that is a good point. Like I I definitely agree with that. Um but yeah, I think I think that this guy probably put himself in a really good position to do that though. Uh and at least you have TJ Hawkinson, you know, who is 25. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move on to the next trade. This one is 12 team Superflex and starting 12. This is really easy. Side A receives Rashad White and side B receives 
Colby's running back 10 in dynasty rankings, DeAndre Swift, or was it running back nine? Well, he's moved down at this point. Good to know. I mean, that was like two months ago. <laughs> Ranking, rankings are fluid. So Rashad White or DeAndre Swift, guys? Colby, you start it. So I'm still going Swift here, but it's just kind of like a situation where you're just kind of betting on what Rashad White could be on a team that's probably not going to be very good. I just think I I don't think that's a bold thing to say. You know, they might be like a six win team. I think that's fair. Six seven win team, which I just don't think they're gonna be a team that's putting up a lot of points. I know that they're saying like Rashad White could be a three down back and stuff like that. He has a lot of hype right now, but it is still April and we have <laughs> not gone through the draft yet. I just think a lot can happen. And I know DeAndre Swift's situation right now. Montgomery's there, and he's there, and their offense is going to put up a ton of points. I don't know if they're going to win the the games because their defense is so bad, but they're going to score. And at the end of the day, I still like Swift as a talent. I still like him as a receiver, and he did have 5.5 a carry last year. It's just kind of one of those things where I'm betting on Swift to potentially, you know, do something when Rashad White's kind of you know, he's, he really is kind of a question mark to me. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Swift side as well. Rashad White and Swift are the same age. This was Swift's third year. This was White's first year. Rashad White was taking, taken in the third round with the 91st pick. He was fine last year. I mean, he was he was good. He didn't get used early in the season. Was he injured to start the year? I can't remember. No, I think they were just uh I they believe they were just him. on the the Fournette train still. So, yeah, if you look at if you look at his game log, it's kind of up and down. It's like 5 points, 19 points, 6 points, 19 points. You know, he had kind of an up and down stretch uh in the second half of the season. But Swift, despite all the jokes we like to make, Swift still finished as a top 25 running back uh PPR and obviously bringing in Montgomery who is you know, young who is younger than Jamal Williams, and to me has a little bit better of a skill set as far as like he can pass or he can catch and run the ball fairly well. Maybe not as powerful as Jamal was. Um, we'll see how Montgomery does with the many goal line touches. I imagine he will get over DeAndre Swift, much to Colby's chagrin. Um, but I'm still going Swift here. He's going to be used in this offense. I don't see them drafting a running back but i could definitely see the bucks drafting a running back and so with that it's kind of like if if swift has the same role as he did last year then we're looking at again probably another top 25 potentially top 20 season rashad white if they draft another running back is he going to put up a top 25 season and i have a little bit more doubt for that especially like we said with a rough team so with the bucks so I'm gonna go Swift here, but I think it's kind of dependent on who you just like more. You know, if you just really believe in Rashad White, then sure, now's the time to, I guess, sell Swift. But I think it might be selling a little low. I'm actually gonna roll with the Rashad White side here. If you look at Philly, you brought up his game log. So there's a a six week stretch from weeks 12 to week 17 which is when he kind of took over, which is after their bye week. 
The writing mm-hmm. was on the wall for Fournette, and it was very clear that they wanted to involve Rashad White more in the offense. He spent three of those six weeks as a top 14 running back, and two of those were top 10. Now, what I find interesting is he only played above 50% of the snaps or more in three of those weeks. And so he was getting very little usage, splitting time with Fournette still, and he was still able to finish three of those weeks as a top 14 running back. And it was it had everything to do with receptions. He didn't carry the ball a ton, but he was getting nine targets, eight targets, five targets, you know, in that range each week. And I think that plays a huge part in his trajectory because if they did that while he was splitting time, if they continue to let the backfield be his, that means his carries are going to jump from 11 to maybe 18, 20. And I think that just presents more of an opportunity for him to score points for you. And so if you look at the Bucks' picks this coming draft, they have picked 19 in the first round. Do they take Bijan there? I just can't see the Bucks in the position they're in taking a running back at 19. And then they pick again at the 50th overall spot. Will Gibbs be there? I think we would all be surprised if Jameer Gibbs is available as a top 50 pick. I think we're all thinking he's more of a top 40. And so those are the only two running backs where I would actually be concerned at this point. Uh, pre-draft, I'd be concerned if the Bucks drafted those running backs because I think Rashad White, they showed last year that they want him to be their running back. Will he be a bell cow? Doubtful. Who's to say that doesn't really exist anymore? However, I do think the Bucks like him. So Swift missed three games last year. Again, finished as the wide receiver, or sorry, the running back 21. He had a running back three week, a running back four week, a running back three week, a running back seven week, and a running back 12 week. And the highest usage he got in those was 67% snaps. Um, and his, that was a running back three week. He got 51% in a running back four week, 35% in an RB three week, and then uh, 51 in an RB seven and 39 in an RB 12. And he definitely has some duds. He definitely had some duds last year, no doubt. But just think, if he were to get some more touches, which is not guaranteed at all, but I don't think it's necessarily guaranteed for White as well. We'll see. And I think the reality is the Lions, I mean, there's blurbs about Dan Campbell saying they tried something different last year. They know they need to get Swift on the field more. They want him to be involved. So I think we could look back and I could be very wrong about that. And we could all be wrong about Swift other than Colby. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't you say that. Don't you say we've all been wrong because I have been banging this drum for such a long time and I have been getting crapped on for it. So if that happens, I am waving my victory flag around and going crazy. So here's a fun one it's a 12 team super flex where you start 12. The first side or side A receives Jamar Chase, Ramondre Stevenson, 
and a 24 third. And side B receives Jonathan Taylor, Amon Ross St. Brown, and a 24 second. What side are we taking here, guys? Uh, this is really tough. <laughs> yeah. This is a very even trade. Um, it really is. In my opinion. So the best player in the deal is Jamar Chase. So I do think Side A is getting the best player in the deal, but JT is not that far away. And Amon Ross St. Brown, he's a top 10 wide receiver at worst, I think. And that's like at worst. And, you know, Ramondre, I think it just kind of comes down, how do you feel about these other pieces? How do you feel about Ramondre and how do you feel about Amon Ross St. Brown? I'm personally, I'm higher on Amon Ross St. Brown than I am Ramondre by like a good bit. Me too. Um, So I'm actually going to roll with JT, Amon Ross St. Brown at 24 second. I'm going to roll with that. Yeah. And that 24 second, I mean, that's not like, I think the 24 class, we say this every year. I think the 24 class is going to be pretty solid. And so, yeah, I'd just rather have a second than a third, truthfully. Chase, for sure, best player in the draft or player in this uh, in this scenario. But Ramondre versus Amon Ra, I'll take Amon Ra all day, you know. And then the second's better than the third. So I think when you do the math, obviously, you'd go Chase over JT, but it's close, like you said. I think it's ARS, uh, Amon Ra St. Brown over Ramondre, again, by a good bit, and then just the second over the third. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the, the JT side as well. I, I would bet Joel would say the other side, though. You're wrong. I'm actually... Oh! I'm agreeing with you guys. I think the second... <laughs> I think the second is just... You you just... you Unless unless it's like a 212 and 301, which right. is probably highly unlikely that happens. <laughs> that would be crazy if that were the case. <laughs> that would just make this trade even more difficult to to decide between. But I think the reality is, like we said... Chase is the best player. Uh, the gap between him and JT is not very big, though. I think the gap between Amon Ra in a second and Ramondre in a third is big enough for me to part ways with Jamar Chase. So I'll side, I'll, we will all three be taking the same side here as we move on to the next trade. 12-team Superflex, another start 12. Side A receives Kyle Pitts. Side B receives George Kittle, a 24 second, and a 25 third. Colby, I mean, I think we can all, if you've listened to (laughs) our previous episode, I think we all know where Colby's going with this one. So, Philly, why don't you start us off here? So, I do like the pit side. I think George Kittle is just, uh, I think Colby brought up some really good points in the last episode, which if you haven't listened, go ahead and listen to it. Um, I do like Kittle still, but man, if I'm, if I'm trading Kittle and I just have to send a second, which again, like I said, 24 seconds, not, not nothing. And a 25 third, four pits. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm making that trade every time. If I can acquire pits, he's the best asset. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't really have too, too much to say. I feel like we've talked about these players a, a decent bit. I think I know where Colby's going to side, but I'd love to hear more about what he says, but I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Pitts. This is a fleece in my opinion. Give me Kyle Pitts all day. You you have an elite asset and of course George Kittle 
man, when you watch him on the field, it's like, okay, this guy's sometimes I'm like, okay, this guy's the best tight end in the NFL. Like he he really, you know, after the catch, like he's just incredible. But man, he's hurt a lot and he blocks a lot. And you know, I brought up some stats last last week. He's brittle Kittle. He's just I'm just telling I'm just telling you I've owned Kittle for a long time and he is so frustrating to own. I'm just I'm just saying like so frustrating. Obviously you you can give me the other the counters like Kyle Pitts was the most frustrating tight end to own last year. Sure. But still like going back to his rookie season, I mean he had the literally the best tight end rookie season ever. I mean I I don't think that a player just kind of lucks into that. That happens because he's an elite talent. Uh, drafted four overall. Um, I think it's a fleece. George Kittle is a good player, um, but if all I have to do is send a few picks to flip the clock and get a guy like Pitts, I'll do that every time. I do have a question, Colby. Now sure. that we kind of know that the next GOAT quarterback, Brock Purdy, will more than likely be throwing him non-hospital balls, do you think Kittle stays healthy? That's a good question, but also like his injuries are like calf and like he yeah, he has are. a lot they of are. different injury. So it's kind of like I don't know. And yeah. he could come out here he could come out next year and he could play sixteen games and he could be the tight end three or two or whatever and, and I would yeah. still prefer the pit side. It's just yeah, no. I I just still would. Here's what I'm here we go. <laughs> Here's what's going through my head. In a two-year window, I think Kittle could very likely outscore Pitts. Pitts, in a historical rookie season, scored in our in our CFG format, scored 176 points in a full season. Kittle, in a full season, has not scored that low since his rookie year, which was 106. Since what I don't then, like about what you're doing right now is you're you're taking a two year sample size from Pitts, one of them being last year where everything went wrong, and you're taking a whole career of Kittle. I, I just don't like that. Did everything I think go it wrong? Everything. So was it wasn't just quarterback, but he also got hurt and he's still rehabbing. I'm just saying in the two year window, like if I'm looking at 2024 and 25, I think that brittle Kittle could potentially outscore brittle Piddle. <laughs> and so I mean, if you are that committed to an all-in strategy i'm not rec- i'm not condoning this but i'm saying if you think that george kittle will be outscoring pits those picks are even better for you it looks even better i don't that's why i'm not gonna say it's a fleece but of course if kyle pitts plays a decade you're gonna be more than ecstatic to receive kyle pitts and you're gonna be happy think- with sending what you're sending I think the argument against that is go get if you really just want to compete and you have Kyle Pitts, just go get Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Like if if that's really just what you want to do, it's not it's just not worth moving up to or even I don't want to. Yeah, or yeah, Hawkinson, Andrew I mean, Andrews you could get any of those guys, but obviously Kelsey's the best competing tight end and it's not close. He's gonna score like a thousand points next year, whatever it is. But you know, it's just not worth moving up to Kittle it, to to me. It's just yeah. to me. I totally see that. I'm just just presenting numbers. That's all I'm doing here. Cherry picking them, actually. 
is what you're doing. <laughs> no cherry picking. Kittle missed two games last year. You're so no, you're cherry, you're the cherry final. Picking. We're gonna move on to the final trade offer of this bonus trade episode, which has been a lot of fun, guys. This is the same format as the last few, the 12 teams, Superflex, PPR with a start 12. And this is a fun one. Jamison Williams or the 106? Philly, you're big on JMO. So what are you doing if someone hits you up and they say, you want this 106? I just need JMO. That's all I need. I just need JMO. I, so, okay. There's a good chance that 106 in a super flex is either Gibbs or JSN. So if this was me, let's just say somebody, because I have JMO and committed, and somebody, I don't have 106. Somebody sends me 106 for JMO. I already have 105 in that league. I'd consider it because my plan is hopefully, maybe, possibly to get Gibbs if he gets there. And then if I could get the RB2 and the wide receiver one in that class, that is a consideration. Like, I, I do think that there is a chance JSN is better than JMO, even though I love JMO and I talked about him a lot on the last episode. That being said, if I'm just talking pure talent versus JSN or Gibbs, like, it's tough. I, this is really close for me. But the fluidity of the pick might make me side with uh, with this one. So I might go the pick here. It's tough, though, because I love JMO. Colby, where are you at with this one? I'm taking the re-roll. <laughs> I would take the re-roll because it's not even saying I hate JMO. I've actually rose kind of like... I've been rising on him over the past few weeks uh, because he's really cheap. I think I think people are just kind of giving up on him in certain dynasty circles. And you obviously he does have his followers and like people that really are excited about him. But hand up, yeah, like, there you go, Philly. <laughs> Philly's obviously really excited about him. But if the option is to get one of six, like I will take JSN or I'll take Gibbs. And if one of them suck, I can live with it just because I'll, I'll take the reroll on it. Yeah, when I think about, let's just go JSN and JMO, when I think about them as receivers and what their game could look like in the NFL, Jamison Williams obviously feels like the explosive piece and JSN feels maybe more of a target hog consistency type of wide receiver. And so it just kind of depends on what you want because what happens if Jamison Williams is that explosive piece and he also starts getting eight, nine targets a game? That's pretty dangerous as far I think as – I think he might. As far as dynasty receivers go, and he very well could. We, we really haven't seen him at all. And as one of those first games back, he comes out and gets that 40-yard touchdown. That's really exciting. Uh, kind of, of course, it didn't – continue but i think there's reason to believe he'll step in this coming season after a, a healthy offseason with the team and he'll he'll fill his role really well it just kind of comes down to whether you want the speed guy or more of the 
precision guy, I guess you could say. But that's no, you know, JMO is no slouch when it comes to route running. He just does it differently. I'd probably take the pick, though. Just at the end of the day, it just brings more flexibility, and you, you're not locked into JSN. So, yeah, I'll take the I pick. Think that, I will say, like, kind of like to play devil's advocate here a little bit, I will say there is a really good chance that we sort of do kind of the similar thing that we did with Chase, even though I think Chase didn't fall down in drafts. But I think that, like, obviously Chase didn't play his junior year of college, and then people, we had all the the hoopla about him, you know, having issues with drops and stuff in the offseason. And there was a lot of people, I mean, y'all remember, there was a lot of people that were like, man, like, is Jamar Chase going to be a bust? Like, should we have taken him this early? You know, in the real draft, he went 105. And then the rookie draft, he was going super early, obviously. I think there's a really good chance that people like me who right now, I'm like, man, I really missed out on Olave or Wilson because I took JMO. I think there's a really good chance that I still am vindicated next season when he's fully healthy and he steps on the field. And he and Amon Ross St. Brown are both getting 10 targets a game. You know what I mean? So I do think that there's that chance. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If they're both getting 10 targets a game, how many targets is DeAndre Swift going to get, Colby? <laughs> oh, my gosh, bro. You you literally picked Rashad White when he has done nothing in the NFL. I don't want to hear it. Like, literally, <laughs> what has he done? Other Who's, than score? Which team? He scored that winning touchdown. He scored that winning touchdown against uh, in Monday Night Football. I remember that. He did what, that. against the Broncos? He did that no. against us. That was, yeah, he did that against the Saints. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Who, okay, let me ask you this. wants to play that running back, though? That's what it comes down to. Let's let's move on. Let me ask you all this. So, would right, you if let's put let's put Drake London or the one hundred and six? Oh, give me London. Drake London. Same. Chris Olave. 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 I think. I think Olave is for me. Yeah, I think he's going to end up being the best of the bunch. I think there's numbers to show that. I saw actually saw a tweet. What's really cool is there was a stat about Olave. He shared certain percentages in common as far as targets per route run, um, you know, target share, all of those analytical percentages. He shared the same amount as Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, and one or two other top receivers in the NFL. The only difference is he didn't finish as a wide receiver one last year. And I think we can all agree that was because of quarterback play and play calling. And there's a, there was enough there for us to believe that he can be a wide receiver one for his career. And so it would, it would take, I guess I would have to get a quarterback that I believed in, in the draft to take him over Olave. For sure. All right, so where so we both took the pick. We all took the pick of 106. So let's just kind of go down the line. 107 or JMO. JMO. I, I think 106 is the is the cutoff because that gives you Gibbs or JSN. JSN, you'd have to assume in any normal draft. So I think 106 is the cutoff. So you yeah, prefer JMO we, if, to go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, if we look at our rookie draft, like, let's say 107 
was like in that range would be Will Levis, Jordan Addison, and Quentin Johnson. That was 107, 108, 109 when we did our first rookie mock. Would you want any of those guys over JMO right now? Probably not. And Quentin Johnson's really falling right now. Yeah, like, he is. Zay Flowers moved ahead of him. Josh Downs moved ahead of him. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Quentin Johnson was a second-round pick on the draft. Like, rookie pick. Yeah. I think it's a likely scenario at this point. And so I want to ask one more thing. Garrett Wilson or the 106? Garrett Wilson, like, it's not even close. Okay. It's not even close. I would, I would so we all, took, we all took those rookie receivers, and J-Mo didn't play. Now, he obviously could be the odd man out. There's typically an odd man out of, of wide receivers that are taken. Usually. Uh, usually, right? He could be, yeah. he could be the Jalen Rager of this draft. He could be. I just think that, like, we saw his talent. I think that there's a chance that he... And I, I look, I took the pick earlier. I really did. But I, right now, I'm talking myself back into JMO over the pick. But uh, it could go either way. It really could. Like, I really do think so. So we're going to quickly recap. We mentioned last episode that we are in a Devi league. It's new to us, and we're really excited about it. We recently did our rookie draft this past weekend. And guys, I just want us to talk about who we got in the first round. You don't have to give us any heavy analysis. Just tell us who you got and tell us you're excited about it. So, uh, Philly, who did you get? I know you had two of them. What'd you do? Yeah, so I had uh, 103 and 108, which I was pretty psyched for. 103, I was basically going to get either Zach Charbonnet or Zay Flowers. And I ended up getting Zay Flowers. Now, this is... The interesting thing about this league is there's only one running back spot. I have Swift and Etienne. And so I was kind of like, man, it would be kind of cool, kind of nice to to add on Charbonnet with all that. But truthfully, Zay Flowers is probably the better pick anyway, just because he could be an elite wide receiver. And, and wide receivers are king right now in, uh, in Dynasty, as we talk about. But then at the 108, I got uh, Israel Abanacanda, guy who I'm really, really high on. Um, and he's rising a little bit right now, I feel like. And so I was really, really happy to get both of these guys. So I kind of got a, a little bit more depth at the running back position. I, I shouldn't really complain about running back depth. I also had uh, I also had Bijan in the Devi League. He was my first Devi pick uh, last year. So getting uh, a really good wide receiver that's rising high right now and a running back who's also rising high, who I'm very high on as well, at those picks are it's kind of weird to see those guys uh just because it's a it's a Devi rookie draft so a lot of those guys uh like the Bijans and the strouds and and all those guys they were picked last year in the original Devi draft so so getting these kind of like leftovers I, i'm pretty happy with them but yeah that was my that was my first two picks and so yeah i think what's cool about it is doing this draft before the nfl draft is guys Definitely. like a band who are rising right now in the industry. I mean, if he gets good draft capital, there could be guys taking him as early as 109, 110 in that range when people are starting to think Zach Charbonnet. And so I or think Sean that, Tucker. Yeah, or Sean Tucker. I think there's I think doing this before the draft gets you the opportunity to kind of sneak in some of these risers before they actually you know, do or do not get the draft capital. We hope they do. What about you, Colby? Sure. 
I took uh, Anthony Richardson at 1.01. Just kind of a situation where I, I definitely need another quarterback. And, you know, if if all this hype is real, you know, it's going to be a smash pick. At yeah. the same time, it could really not work out. And I can live with that at this point because he's really getting steamed that there's probably no way he drops out of the top 10 at this point. Yeah. So... I am willing to take the shot and just kind of hope it works out. I also got Kendra Miller at 201, who I know that he is hurt and stuff, but I'm seeing some good stuff on him. I thought it was a thought it was a good value for him. So I, I'm excited to see what he can do in the NFL. Yeah, and especially because I think if this Debbie draft was done in February, Miller's probably taken in that Vanda Kanda spot. You know, mm-hmm. so like, Nothing's happened. None of those guys have played since February. It's just people are either higher or down. So I, I like Miller there for you as well. And, you know, it's fun to have a share of Richardson. I just think it will be fun to have a share. Obviously, it could be an absolute headache thing, but it also could just be really, really fun. I'm scared personally, but we'll see <laughs> how it goes. <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was a short stint of time where Colby and I were talking about don't even bring bro getting Richardson in in our best ball league, but he wanted Lamar. Yeah, you know, fizzle. you were about to do it. You were about to do it. So uh, I will also <laughs> say that why are you even bringing that up? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, really quickly, I had the exciting one eleven and one twelve picks, where I took Tajay Spears and Dalton Kincaid. I just like Spears. He felt like the best player available at the time on the board. And Kincaid is my tight end one or two. We'll see what happens. I just like him and I wanted to share and I had the opportunity to do it. So I I rolled with it. I've got a few other young tight ends, but I think he could possibly be the best of the bunch. And it was really fun. It was a lot of fun to draft these guys without the draft capital. We talked about doing drafts before the NFL draft and I'm glad we do this one how we do it and we'll yeah. have our our devi draft non-rookies college players in the summer and so we'll have to report back on that when it happens that's just one round though yeah i really like the Kincaid pick for you Joel because i think he was like he was kind of listed as like the sixth fifth or sixth best available player going into the draft and like, obviously, I didn't take him, but that's also because I had Pat. So I was just like, let me get another running back here. But Kincaid, I like Kincaid a lot. So I think that that was a, a smash pick. And I was able to fill another running back hole with Chase Brown a few picks later. I think it maybe like yeah. 204. And so that was cool, too. Just getting these shares of players who we've been talking about for so long, it's just really it's exciting. I'm like looking at him yeah. in the lineup. I'm like, can Chase Brown start for me? We're getting we're getting a little taste, and the, the NFL draft is is upcoming. Which, for those of you who who follow us, we will be doing a live just like as soon as the as soon as the first round of the NFL draft is over, we will be recording and putting that out for the Friday after after the first round of the NFL draft. So be looking out for that in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about the future of the show. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. If you've gotten this far, you are definitely a real one because, you know, we obviously we know we're just getting started and any support 
that we get is uh, just we really, really appreciate. Uh, we want to interact with you on Twitter as well. So follow us on Twitter at CFG Pod. Uh, we're tweeting there quite often at this point, and it's just a fun place to interact and talk about Dynasty and talk about trades. And then, yeah, um, yeah we're just thankful for the support. We actually got some uh, follows from some of our people that we follow on D- Destination Devi and stuff like that. So it's just, it's just, it was cool uh, this past week. And so we're thankful for that. Yeah. And you can um, find all of our Twitters there as well. Uh, we retweet each other and, and talk to each other on there as well. So if you want to follow us personally on there, along with our, our podcast play page, please do so. Uh, Cause we want to interact with you guys. We really do. Yeah. I think that just ra- about wraps it up. This is a fun episode. Joel and I, only got in a fight three or four times, so that's that's not too bad on a day, I would say. Uh, but I'm Colby. I'm Joel. And I'm Philly. And this has been the Committed Football Guys podcast. See ya. See ya.